0: You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on the show, I'm talking with Elias Trait. Elias, thanks so much for being with me today.
1: Thank you very much for, for having me. Great to, great to be here.
0: Elias, this is kind of, let's see, it's July 22nd, 2021. You're in London. Um, uh, if I'm correct, and there was just a big kind of opening, uh, public opening in the last week, hasn't there been? What's what's the atmosphere like there? If We can start with that.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, yes, yeah, so I'm based in um, uh, based near near Spitalfields Market in, in central London, and uh, yeah, I think over the last last sort of two two weeks, things have really really opened up. You know, we've been in, we've had sort of a, a series of a series of lockdowns, and um, so there's a, there's a real vibe right now. A lot of people are out. Things are quite uh, quite bustling, so it's starting to come back to back together. It's obviously still a bit a bit tenuous um, in terms of cases and things like that, but but socially things are definitely o- opening up, and there's a uh, there's been accompanied by fabulous weather. So it's a uh, it's actually been been quite a good uh, quite a good start to the summer.
0: That's good. That's good to hear. And uh, and and what are you working on at the moment? What's what's happening in your studio?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's been a kind of linking things back to the back to the pandemic. I think it's um, you know for for me um, the last you know 12 months, last 18 months have been a very prolific uh, prolific period, um, and it's been a it's been a period where you know really had a chance to 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 reflect on things and uh, you know and paint in a in a continuous way. And I think, you know, now where we are in the pandemic with the summer, I think there there's a real sort of dynamism that's coming into the into the art where I think in, you know, in, in previous previous months, there was definitely a period where because of the lockdowns and everything going on, I think there's a real removal of, you know, a lot of the. A lot of the noise, a lot of the kind of superfluous elements, if you want to call them, in 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 life, and uh, really gave me a chance to sort of focus on focus on the work, focus on my craft, um, and really sort of immerse myself in, in that. And I think, sort of at a, a point now, sort of coming out of, of that period where. Really able to now get back into things to uh, socially get more people into the into the studio, but at the same time I'm having all that sort of benefit of having focused on, on the work for so so many months and I think actually technically um, and I mean mentally it 's put me in a really good uh, really good spot right now, so just being very uh, very prolific in terms of uh, in terms of painting, um, and you know just just finished a uh, just finished the show at the beginning of the summer, uh, planning a few things for the for the fall. Starting to get a lot more um, uh, people coming into the studio now, uh, as you said, uh, because things are opening up in uh, in London. Um, so it's quite a uh, it's quite nice, and the, and the weather, as I mentioned, is fabulous in London. So it's a uh, quite a good vibe right now.
0: That's nice to hear. And and let's so let's talk about your approach to to work and maybe we can begin with your your name because um that's that's also uh, um created right um can you, can you tell me a
1: little bit about your your name and your approach to to the work? Sure, sure, definitely. I mean, if, yeah, if we can talk a bit about the bit about the name, the idea of an alias, and it's actually tied to also how how I sign my works, so and I can talk a bit about you know as you asked a bit about sort of my my approach. Um, so so for the name. Um, you know, I'm quite a quite a private person in, you know, by by nature, um, and the you know the idea of an alias or, or you know pseudonym, you know, gives you a certain amount of anonymity, but at the same time, it's got a it's got a playful side to it, um, and you know, sort of putting that together with traits, which, which alludes to you know the essence of what, why I paint, you know, to capture human traits. Emotions, sensibilities, in an imaginative um, uh, way. So the the name essentially brings those things to, together, and um, you know, and it's linked as well to to the signature I use uh, for all my all my works, and it's a bit of a a bit of a kind of a, a postmodern take on a, uh, on a Roman coin from the 12th 12th century, and it's kind of it's a kind of a reimagined version of this this coin. And the the coins from a um, Roman emperor named uh, Pius, and and he he was the, the the father or the adopted father of Marcus Aurelius, who's kind of known as the you know the Roman. Sort of philosopher king or the the, the sort of a, an enlightened enlightened king at the uh, at the time or emperor, and basically sort of taken that that initial coin removed the 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 face, which so is sort of a, a a faceless bust, but it 's still still got a, a crown on it and it 's got inscriptions on it in in Latin that speak to sort of um, strength and immortality and there 's Roman numerals which actually refer to uh, the year of my year of my my birth, so it's kind of a a playful layering of things kind of going back to the question about the 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 name and, and an alias because the you know the 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 faceless figure is obviously say sort of a play on the alias, but then you've got you know some other angles about this sort of father and adopted son you've got the the idea that it's kind of a bit of a, a cheeky nod to this kind of historical lineage that sort of dates back to the Greeks where you know it's kind of the, the, the shameless copying of uh, uh, of different cultures and different uh, different ideas, different aesthetics and kind of how the Greek thoughts you know influenced the, the the Romans and still sort of influences us today. I mean Marcus Aurelius, the the adopted son of the this emperor I mean, he was obsessed with the uh, obsessed with the Greeks, the big stoic, and uh, always tried to sort of model his life in this sort of classical vein so it's kind of interesting you kind of got these you know these, these romans copying greeks you got me copying the romans in this with this sort of postmodern modern take so that's um that's basically how I, and i've got it uh, uh, put onto onto a stamp that i've designed and I essentially stamp all, all my works with, with this uh sort of coming to your to your question on Sort of how I um, how I work. Um,
0: right. I mean, I think it's yeah, and, then, and that's very interesting. Thanks for explaining that kind of that stamp that 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 but looks like yeah a, a coin. that's a it's a beautiful looking symbol and has a kind of an ancient feel to it as well.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. because I mean, it's got like this ancient feel as you say exactly, but it's also got a bit of an urban. An urban feel to it, and I've actually got a um, you know a, I actually do st- street art with it as well. I've got got a, a stencil that that I've mocked up, so it's got a you know it's got sort of two two sides of things, and it's you know as I mentioned, it's kind of, it's kind of playful as well, but it, it's quite a strong strong aesthetic. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I really like that. So so
1: so I'm sorry, go on. You were talking about the approach to your to your work also. Yeah, so in terms of the approach, I mean it's a I think that I've painted for a very long time. So I've painted since I was a, essentially since I was a teenager. So I've painted for over over two decades, uh, but always did so just as a natural outlet in private. Um, for me, it was always sort of a way of, you know, sort of reflecting on things, coming to terms with different things I was going through, thinking about, and then things that maybe wasn't, you know, necessarily 100%... Cognizant of, but sort of felt a bit, and I think sort of working through them on canvas all, all always helped me. And it's been it's been about three three years ago um, that I started to to show my work. Publicly and sort of opening up my my studio, there was that always to a certain extent where you know sort of friends and, and friends and friends would come in. I was you know before I was here I was based in Mexico City, um, and, and had a large studio there. And there's a kind of a dynamic around it. But it's really been in the last three years that I kind of really opened th- things up. And I think for me it's interesting because that ties back to the to the idea of sort of how I paint because. You know, for for me, it's really it's really an act of act of reflection. It allows me to sort of, as I mentioned, kind of you know co- come to terms with with different things that I'm experiencing, feeling, and for for me, you know, sort of putting those down on canvas and wor- working through them then allows me to. You know, once the work is finished, there's a lot of stuff that I, you know, I end up destroying. But the stuff that speaks to me, um, I really sort of start a conversation with it. And you know, how I tend to work is a, it's a very sort of physical process, very tactile. You know, I paint a lot with with, with rags soaked in, in in turpentine, paint with my fingers and brushes. Um, use a lot of different different oils, and it's a very physical process. The 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 way I sort of work through through a canvas, and for me at the end of it, if, you know, if, if the work's there, I sit in front of it, it really speaks to me. I actually, I do speak back and we start to have a bit of a dialogue. And for me, that kind of brings brings meaning and it brings the this relationship. And I've always had for the works that I keep a very intimate bond. So it's, you know, it's maybe a bit ironic that it's such a physical process for me and it's not very cerebral. I just sort of work through the canvas. But then when it's finished, it's really sort of like this, other entity, this other form that's been created, and I have this sort of dynamic where we go go back and forth. And I, I literally do speak to the works, and I've always had you know where I lived ever since. I'm for, for for years and years works up, and it's uh, it's like being sort of s- surrounded by by entities that, that that look at you, that stare at you, <laughs> that judge you, that that you interact with, and uh, it, it's quite a um, it's an interesting dynamic. That is an interesting dynamic.
0: Yeah, but let's talk about that a little more because that's something that. Artists have heard of you know kind of talking to the paintings, um, or the paintings talking to you as as a way of creation, o- outside of the art. That sounds like you're hearing voices and you're crazy though, right? You know it's a, it's, it's 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 you know I, I understand that. So 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 let's jump into that more. What that means to have like a dialogue and talk to your work because we're talking about like aesthetics and form or and, and also. People refer to their work as kind of children, family, siblings, yeah. friends. You know that that are dialoguing. So for you, if we can jump into that a little more, because it is an interesting idea. Um, what is that it, dialogue? It, is, is that dialogue formal? Is it is it is it personal? Is it you know? Uh,
1: yeah, man, I think look, I, I think it's a fabulous it's a fabulous question, and I guess I could, you know, probably depending on how, how long I take to answer it, I could have different different ways of. Uh, approaching it but i think you know the the works themselves i think you know working through them in a way as i mentioned that's not very cerebral that's very physical i think it allows me to kind of you know capture elements that i may not be uh, aware of and you know i think you know the it's just this sort of this raw channel and you kind of go go you delve right into your subconscious and you know it renders intelligible different sort of inner emotions, things that may be a bit dreamlike in your mind, what have you, and they sort of come out in these shapes, in these colors. And I think there's meaning that emerges from that. So in terms of your question and sort of speaking to them, essentially, you know, I think right when I finish a work and I really stare at it, I think I capture a certain sensibility, a certain emotion. There's a certain sort of dynamic in the eyes, in the in the features, and there's a certain communication that happens then but then I think over time, you know, the next day, you know, the, the works that I do, you know, use a lot, a lot of heavy oils They take about two, two months to dry. And, you know, while they're drying and then after they, 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 they dry, when I engage with them, it really depends on my mood, what I'm experiencing, how I interact. And it's definitely, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a subtle conversation um but they definitely the, the works definitely draw me draw me in and i think you know the works that i destroy that don't i mean i'm just i'm not even indifferent to them i'm almost hostile to them because it's as if they don't really have anything to say and they don't draw me uh, draw me into that uh, into that conversation i think that conversation shifts over over time just as you know <laughs> regular conversations with you know, those, those are close to shift o- over time, depending on sort of what's going on in the background, uh, our, our, our moods, uh, our experiences.
0: And, and so that, of course, translates into the, the content, the narrative, what's happening on a canvas, right? Where, where, because your work is um, often figurative, correct? So we're, yes. does it or, or, or does it translate these kind of conversations to uh, even
1: message, story, uh, identity? I would say yes, but not necessarily in a intuitive way. In that, you know, for instance, like the the the, the last show that just just ended um, uh, at the beginning of the, the the summer is called the the Dionysian Kid, so it de- dealt with the sort of this relationship or you know, kind of a, this dialectical relationship that's brought up in, in literature and philosophy between sort of a, a Apollo you know the god of the sun and sort of symbolizing aesthetics rationality and Dionysus the you know, god of say wine or you could almost say pa- passion or rationality and this kind of interplay like it's not like it's a dichotomy and these elements are in, in, in all of us and they're intertwined and they're contradictory and they you know, go against one another, they support one another. The, this is something that, that essentially was the theme of this uh, this exhibit. But it was, it was something that I think it was working through the works that I realized that this was the theme rather than deciding on that in, in advance. And I think it's something that this sort of tension between sort of virtue and vice or rationality and rationality, um, those tensions are something that have been in the work, I think, for for a long time, and I think they they really came to a head in this the, this collection of, of works. And we did it. Uh, I worked with a, um, a curator, uh, Tim Gustins, who works with um, uh, for Sotheby's uh, Institute in New York, and we did it as as a drone experience. So sort of the the works were shot by, by by a drone, and you kind of go and it was interactive. And I think all, all around that there is this this idea of sort of a dialogue with the works and kind of going back to this idea of, um, sort of Greek, Greek mythology, but going back to your, your question, it was it sort of the, the work sort of led me there rather than sort of deciding in advance that it was going to go, going to paint about this, uh, the this subject matter.
0: And, and where will these next, uh, paintings go? Is there a show coming up or, or, or any particular destination for them?
1: Yeah, so I've got a so so right now. Um, I've been working on a uh, another sort of body of, of works. I think there's there's some some parallels to, to what I just talked about, but it's it's looking a little bit more at sort of a little bit more about vice and lust, it's about sort of l- really sort of going through these works, I realized that it's capturing a certain element of sort of the irrationality of, of, of desire and kind of that tension um, between sort of our, you know, organic, drive of sort of our animalistic side which we call it natural and then maybe other more sort of darker inorganic forces of kind of acquired vice and how our our experience sort of shape our desires lust etc and this sort of tension and the, this body of work, um, we're planning something in the fall in, in New York, um, given sort of things going on with, with COVID, et cetera, we're sort of working through uh, how we're going to do this, uh, but it'll be something in the fall. So really, um, really keen on uh, and really excited about this because I think they, going back to your initial question, I think working through the pandemic, um, I think things have really come together uh, in this recent body of, uh, of work. So I'm quite, uh, quite excited about it
0: that is exciting and um, I I want to ask you one more question which is what are you reading at the moment I'm always curious
1: yeah actually it's it's a um, actually I just started uh, uh, last night to re-read or actually to reread, because I I read it years ago Um, it's a book by Italo Calvino called Invisible Cities it's quite a it's quite a captivating book actually it's about it's this and it maybe links back a bit to what we're talking about some of the art in that it's a the premise is it's kind of this imagined conversation or or dialogue between uh, Kublai Khan, the the, the Mongolian emperor, um, and uh, and Marco Marco Polo. So it's, you know, it's set set in the 12th century. It's obviously fictitious, but it's set in the 12th century, and it's all about sort of Marco Polo talking to Kublai Khan about different cities in his kingdom. But, I mean, that's only really, I mean, obstensibly it's about that, but it's not really. It's more about polo. Talking about and, and talking about reflection and actually reflecting thinking um, and what does what what, what does memory mean? Uh, what does experience mean? Uh, how do you reflect on those? And it's it's very very well written, quite quite imaginative. And I've got a I've got a bit of a soft spot for for Calvino. I did I did my undergraduate dissertation on another another work of his, and um, uh, I've always been a fan. So I haven't read this book in years and years. So it's quite cool to, to to go back to it. So.
0: Well, I, so now I, I, it's always fascinating to ask this question since you're a Natalo Calvino super fan. It sounds like what is the other book that <laughs> that, 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 that should be? Okay, read?
1: okay. well, look, I, I think I mean I think that there's a bunch of his books that I read, and he was you know he was a very eclectic writer, um, and you know I think there's a few key, but the, the one I did my dissertation on is Baron in the Trees. Um, which is this you know it's it 's almost a sort of childlike narrative about a, a a baron from an aristocratic family at a time when italian society is is shifting from sort of the the, the old guard to to the new and it 's a bit of a metaphor for for the enlightenment. He gets pissed off at his parents and his sister uh, because they tried to feed him snails and he's like a sort of rebellious little kid. So he leaves the dinner table all, all sort of suited up in his little aristocratic suit, climbs up a tree and kind of says, uh, fuck you, I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life. And he does. And the, the, the act of going up into the tree is sort of the, this symbol of the Enlightenment looking down, reflecting on existence, and whilst he's in the tree, he has, you know, liaisons with, with, with women in his, in his village, he does irrigation projects with peasants, he meets Voltaire, Hiderot, others, becomes an active participant in the Enlightenment, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book, and reading it, though, again, I read it again, Uh, Last year, and there's some biases and different things that I didn't pick up when I was younger So that was actually a bit bit, uh, interesting to go back and see but it's still a wonderful It's a a wonderful book if you get the chance to read and very very accessible Um, But at the same time a lot lot of depth there
0: It's so interesting right to reread a book that you've read when you were younger that's influential and like you said you see different biases or 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 something that you, you can't believe you missed the first time, right? I just reread uh, a book called uh, Stuart Little. I don't know if you know that book, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, well, so it had an ending that totally shocked me the second time I read it. I don't know if you remember that end, but you know, it's amazing how these things, uh, uh, you know, have a you see them through a completely different lens as as you know as you're further away from that.
1: Well, it, it, exactly. I think it's exactly as you said that it's amazing to think that at the time, we're unaware and unable to see certain things, but then experience affords you the ability to, to, to see that. And it, it, it's quite something, actually, to, to, to go back. And I think, you know, it's, it's one of the things I think for... a Gevin actually wrote this book on, you know, how to read great literature. And it, it, this is not his idea. I mean, it's been taken from, from others. The idea of, you know, reading seminal works when you're young you know uh, when you're middle aged and then when you're in your, in your later years and how you draw and see different things from from the works.
0: Mm, that's so interesting of course it makes sense uh,
1: thanks so much it's been great talking with you and I want to wish you well with your current series and future exhibition well it was, it was a pleasure to, to speak to you and thank you very much for for having me
0: you're listening to Yale Radio WYBC this is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists architects curators and more